Right. Is he a leader or is he? Oh, sure he is. Ask him. I don't think Democrats think he's nuts. And a lot of Republicans are nuts. (laughs) I predicted it would be the year of rationality. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, a little quick review of the Colin Screaming Argonauts predictions. What we did last year was Max and Denali. I don't know if you ever heard Denali, but he was a frequent visitor uh, to our show and uh, is a psychic. And so, and I have, I love Denali, but I have a problem with psychics generally. (laughs) So every year I do a prediction show and and, uh, invited Denali on and the Penguin set up a bunch of questions for us and then we made our predictions and so i wanted to review them because it's january and then next week's show i'll make my own predictions and you're welcome to join me or you can just laugh at them while i do (laughs) so um the first question was who will be the gop candidate and uh, the the gop uh, team and denali predicted it would be newt gingrich and Bob McConnell would be the vice presidential candidate. Uh, and that, that, that was, was the, probably the, not a successful prediction. No. And the Penguin would, would at this point, make a buzzer noise. But you don't have to do that. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you can just comment on it. Uh, my prediction was that the Republicans would have a brokered convention and that Chris Christie is it, see, my whole thing is, is the going out on the limb. And uh, one of the things I always do and what, that I will do next week is make a prediction that a famous celebrity will die unexpectedly. <laughs> I guess there should be a degree of difficulty associated with each one of these. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to get involved in degree of difficulty. But anyway, my prediction was Christie and Romney would be the vice presidential nominees. So, eh. Close. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next question was, who will win the presidency? And Denali predicted that Obama would win. So Denali gets a ding. Ding, ding. Yay for Obama. I predicted that Chris Christie would be the next president. Would have been an interesting it. race with him. I do believe that he would have won. Because if you think I about died. the seven dwarves. Huh? I said he might have died. Well, yeah. it, it probably would have been a strain on his heart. But he's a tough son. Of a he man. is. He's from Joyzy. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think that any rational Republican say. What'd you say? <laughs> I said any rational Republican. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> they used to exist in the old West. Uh, would have been able to beat Obama because the country still was in financial trouble. And. Uh, Things like uh, Guantanamo Bay were still not done, etc. So the next question was, who will be most back on – this one I wrote. Who will be most back on the government track? Huh? I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's hard to be wrong then. Yeah. Um, and the answers were 
I, I guess for for the Republicans, who who would sort of come back to the pack as a rational Republican? And uh, the Penguin jumped in on this himself and said that it would be Rand Paul. And I said Rand Paul. And uh, Denali said Jeb Bush. But since we don't really know the question, it's hard to, to say. I guess there is no sort of lead Republican. I guess that was a question. You know, who's going to be the lead Republican? Maybe Denali gets a ding. If you were to talk about Republican leaders right now and you said Jeb Bush is a Republican leader, I think you could – people would not think you were crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've heard of Rand Paul, too. He's in the Senate. I saw him the other day. Right. Is he a leader, or is he... Oh, sure he is. Ask him. If he was president, <laughs> he would have fired uh, Hillary Clinton. Yes. <laughs> At least he's a leader in his own mind. Uh, yeah, I think he's a, a wacky extremist, but um, I think that most people, even Democrats will tell you that when they look to Republicans... I would say Jeb Bush. Saints. Yeah, exactly my point. You know, he may not be popular because his last name is Bush, but I don't think Democrats think he's nuts. And a lot of Republicans are nuts. <laughs> so um, that's, a, that's a ding for Denali. Uh, as far as sports goes... Um, I predicted that the Super Bowl would be won by the New England Patriots. Denali predicted the New York Football Giants would be the Super Bowl champions. That's a pretty good bet. Yep. Now that's this is for 2011, mm-hmm. the, the February 3rd, whatever 2011. So he got a ding for that. No, there's no speculation. Oh, that you didn't it. have to do that before the season started, huh? We had to do it. Before the we Super did, Bowl. Yeah, we did it January 30th, and, and the next week was the Super Bowl. So we were ah, okay, predict- so that wasn't quite as impressive. No, you just had to predict the game. Okay. <laughs> so that's a thing. Next, number five from, from the Fabulous Penguin was, would there be any baseball player suspended for performance-enhancing drugs? Hmm. And I said, Ryan Braun, his suspension was overturned. And Denali just said yes, and by George, we had Melky Cabrera, so ding, ding. There you go. That's going with the odds. <laughs> One of those 650 players is going to get Is suspended. getting juiced. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, of course, he didn't predict Melky, but you wouldn't have predicted Melky was the guy, would you? No. Next question. Would Facebook top a billion subscribers? That's a good question. I said yes. Denali said no, but they'll say that they will. <laughs> so I think we both get a ding on that one because they did say that they topped a billion subscribers. And a lot of people feel that that's kind of an inflated number. Oh, yeah. Because so many organizations, uh, people having multiple, multiple accounts. accounts. sure. So I think we both get a ding for that. As far as the next question, number seven, will Apple TV be a big hit in 2012? And we both said yes. 
And while Apple TV existed before then, I don't think it became a big hit during last year. Uh, yes, I don't know too much about that. I think it's going to be at some point. Apple's going to come out with a TV, but uh, right now Apple TV is just a box. It's kind of like, um, I can't think of the name of that device, but uh, like Netflix, too. Mm-hmm. It's a Rico, Rico or something. Yeah, Rokubox. Rokubox, something. I got that for my wife for Yeah, Christmas. have you used the Rokubox? Oh, yeah. It's uh, probably running right now. Is it wonderful? Well, it's this tiny little thing that you plug into your TV and subscribe $8 a month to Netflix, and you can watch movies. But is it wonderful? Yeah, I like it. Okay. <laughs> That's basically what Apple TV is, as far as I understand. Uh, but then I don't know, actually. I mean, uh, you can complain because I don't have every movie in the known universe, but uh, it's pretty good. Okay. I wouldn't call it a, a big hit. It's it's a thing. And it's been there for a long time. Um, the next question was about Mega Upload, which, as you recall, had been shut down. Mm-hmm. And the question was, is this the end of online piracy? And the answer to that is no. Pirate Bay is going strong again, and there's any number of other resources i'm given to understand my my uh, pirating abilities are nil i don't steal anything from anybody if you're listening out there federal government um so we all said it would not be the end of online piracy and i think that's correct i think we all get a ding for that Mm -hmm. i remember my son and i having a discussion about that and uh in reference to attempting to put copy protection on disks and things. And I said, there's just too much intellectual biomass out there to defeat them. They look forward to you putting them on there for them to break. <laughs> that is their hobby. And they need it's to come true. up with a different paradigm to make their money, which is to charge a reasonable price for your music, not $25 for a CD. And CDs are a lot cheaper now. And you can get music online. Right. You know, uh, on Sidebar, and I don't know how to say this, but I understand it. Uh, Again, I I say one of my favorite new things, my recent discoveries, not that it's new, is The New Yorker. And I was listening to a, a podcast from The New Yorker called The New Yorker Out Loud today, and there was a guy talking about audio and audio files and three-dimensional sound and he was talking about his dad and how he used to like to lay on the couch with this mega stereo this super complicated thing and put on his albums and how we used to listen to album sides you'd listen to side one you you know go lay on the couch and then turn it over and go back and lay on the couch and listen to side two and that that was the music of that generation, and that's yours and my generation. Mm-hmm. And now the paradigm is not fidelity but mobility, and I think that's right. And uh, I don't know if you remember Chuck, uh, our old friend mm-hmm. from years ago. Yeah. Did you happen to catch him on Facebook? <laughs> no. I don't do Facebook. Uh, well – 
I've, I posted a thing from uh, from my Facebook page that his daughter posted to me. It was an interview with CBS News about through of the president of Macintosh Corporation, not the company that makes computers, but the company that makes amplifiers. And they talked to two people in this, and one of them was our old friend Chuck, and it was a five-minute news piece on sound fidelity. And it was just really cool to see Chuck out there. And he was like, they asked him specifically, how long do these devices last? And he said, we don't know. We've only been making them for 63 years. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it, we think they're great. And it, if you like them, you should go out and buy one because we really enjoy them when we listen well, to them. Well, from what I've heard, the actual vinyl can produce a better sound than the digital. You know, I've heard both sides of that debate, and I've, I just don't. I really don't. Well, generally, analog has points in between two points, whereas digital, it's – think of it as uh, early video games where they had the little blocky guys. Right. And as, as it got better, the blocks are still there, but they keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller right. and smaller and smaller. Right. Well, it, you never can get down to zero. You can't get – going to say a straight line that that perfectly mm-hmm. curved amplitude uh what sine wave i know what you're saying it's pretty but, darn good but a perfect but, record yeah. and perfect uh should yeah. be better but the problem is keeping it perfect <laughs> this guy was talking about concert halls and how what we were trying to do in the 70s was recreate that three-dimensional sound, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that he he said interestingly, you're talking about the gap in in the digital sign. He said our ears fill it in. He said when you're listening to, I think he said a baby grand piano, mm-hmm. you can't hear the low tones. Your your mind is putting those in for. Wow, you. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was fascinating. I'm telling you, the New Yorker. There's just some really smart people that write for that. <laughs> and, uh, but he was talking about how with this new system, with this perfect imaginary system, I don't know what it was, but that the speakers go away and you actually, if you close your eyes, even though it's stereo, he used Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. He said, you know, you can you can see Mick on the left and you can see – uh, what's his name, Ron Wood or whoever on the right, mm-hmm. and the drums in the middle, and it's you know it's perfectly three dimensional sound, the way a concert hall would be, and there's just, there's some new technology. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. It is. Yeah, and and um, apparently Macintosh, this little company in Binghamton, New York, which I didn't realize was only in Binghamton. They make great yeah. speakers. Yeah. And they said that in the old days, basically they enabled concert, uh, stadium concerts to happen. Mm-hmm. And that one of the first bands they worked with was the Grateful Dead because they – in this report, they talked about the Beatles and how you couldn't hear them you know, when they played Shea Stadium mm-hmm. because of all the screaming. Mm-hmm. But later on after – Rock and Roll sort of discovered the Macintosh company. They could play 
huge arenas because of this wall of sound, mm-hmm. this physical, you know, ability to spread sound in a better, distinctive, different way. So that was cool for me. Very interesting and and cool to see Chuck out there. Uh, yeah, that's cool. And, um, and I think he's kind of a big shot in Macintosh now. But I don't know that for a fact. But he was, you know, he was one of two guys that was interviewed. So the other thing I did, I made some predictions last year on my own. I predicted it would be the year of rationality. <laughs> and <laughs> well, what I didn't realize at the time was that I knew there was going to be a. Uh, it was a an election rat- year. Well, <laughs> come on. Fair enough. And and they all said, well, if there, if it's going to be a year of rationality, I said I predicted there would be a gathering of rationalists. Oh. And and they both laughed and said, well, one place we know it's not going to be is Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. When in fact, in April there was a a meeting uh, of rationalists, mm-hmm. of skeptics and atheists, and our buddy Adam from, um. Uh, what's the show where they they test things? Oh, the uh, um, MythBusters. MythBusters. Our buddy Adam from MythBusters was was a, a featured speaker. I actually uh, watched some of that online. It was pretty good. So yes, uh, technically I was right because I knew it was going to happen that there would be a gathering of rationalists in Washington D.C. But on a on a visceral level, yes. You're right, and they were right when they said that the last place you're going to see rationality is Washington, D.C. Um, I predicted the Phillies would win the World Series. I was obviously dead on wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I predicted a Philly would win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, not so much correct on that. Um, every year I make a prediction, or pretty much every year I make a prediction about how Scarlett Johansson is going to fall in love with me. Um, How'd that work out? Once again, I I have decided to suspend my understanding of time so that she will have the opportunity to get with me this year. Yet, it'll be next year. Ah, uh, well, you know, hope springs eternal, my friend. And uh, I've got another little fascination with uh, the princess's sister there. Mostly because she became a celebrity because she had a fantastic butt. <laughs> okay. And, uh, now, I did not watch the uh, marriage of the princess because I really didn't. But I couldn't avoid all the coverage. And I kept reading about how people said that the princess's sister had this amazing butt and that it somebody had invented a fake the princess's sister's name is and that, that there's a a pippa butt you can buy <laughs> and you want a better butt combination with famous for her butt well that's interesting <laughs> pippa would send me an invitation not true well like I said hope springs eternal well you know 
um, the idea of Scarlett Johansson and Pippa, whatever her name is, Leatherstocking, uh, fighting over me is still a feeling uh, that warms the cockles. Of- <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> but those are my predictions. That's the review. And uh, generally speaking, I didn't do so good again this year. Well, hope springs eternal. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, predicting is uh, obviously a touchy uh, thing to be right. Otherwise, we'd all be millionaires. Well, that's my point in in doing all these. Like Sylvia Brown, make a living in this this. So I intend to extend my fraudulent pastime <laughs> fiction show, but I do it as a, a joke because I think it's a fraud you know any rational can make reasonable predictions so next week I'll make my rationalist predictions for next year and one of them I guarantee you will be a famous celebrity will die unexpectedly well there you go hey um, you know I was going to bother you just a second for uh, another plug on my uh, my favorite spacecraft Oh, you. oh uh, by the way, the interweb is uh, causing us problems. Uh, you keep fading in and out. Oh, I was playing with the cord on my headset. It sound better now? Oh, it sounds perfect now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> Just playing with the cord. Uh, I was wondering if you, you, know, you know about the golden record, right? I don't think I do. And if I don't. If I did, you should tell us all anyway. On the Voyager spacecraft? Oh, that that it's the farthest ever? Right, but I mean that they put a essentially oh. messages to whoever finds it. Recording. Okay, yes. Right. That's the, the Saturday Night Live skit. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. Do you remember the Saturday Night Live skit? No. The record. They listen to all this stuff from humanity. They send back a message to humanity, and the message is send more Chuck Berry. Send more Chuck Berry, right? So Chuck Berry is one of the uh, musicians on there, right? But I was wondering if you knew this. This you might find interesting. There's a section uh, of the record that has uh, pictures uh, recorded. Yeah. There's a picture. Oh, like photographs? Yeah, I mean it's not a photograph. It's digitally, you know, put in. They have to. They've given instructions on how to pull them out and everything. Because oh, there's on the side of it, etched into the the side of the spaceship, is a picture of a man yeah. and a woman. Yeah, there's actual a physical picture of man and a woman in the solar system and stuff. But there's pictures digitized uh-huh. on the on the photograph on the phonographic record. Oh, I did not know that, but I knew there was stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyhow, one of the pictures I thought you might be interested in that's flying out of the solar system that will hundreds of thousands of years still be going uh, is a picture of uh, traffic. And huh. they picked Route uh, 13, I think it is, outside of uh, Ithaca, Ithaca by Cornell. It's a picture. Interesting. It's a picture of uh, the the road you and I have both been on. Yeah. Cornell yeah. is flying out to Alpha Centauri or wherever. I didn't know that. That uh, it's it's a great route there. <laughs> uh, 
Well, actually, 96B is, is better. 13 is kind of commercial, and uh, at least up in Ithaca, it is. You know, it's one of those four-lane, middle-turn lane roads that I hate so much. Yes. And, yeah, you might want to look at it. It's just interesting that a, a road you've been on is a picture of it is flying out stars. It's flying out in space. Where would I find such pictures? I don't know. You go to uh, type uh, Voyager Golden Record, and you can find anything you want. Very cool. The uh, other thing, you were talking about the music on there. Yeah. Uh, the one I think is the most interesting, Chuck Berry is there. but Right. There's a um, a record or a, a recording um, alongside Chuck Berry and Bach and Beethoven and um, Mozart. There's a there's a blues singer called Blind Willie Johnson. Okay. He was a slide guitarist, early blues singer. Right. Uh, tremendous uh, for his day, and he was he was a black man, blown, uh, born in 1890s. Mm. went through all the wonderful life of a, a black person in Texas. Right, in the United States uh, post-Civil War. Post, yes, post-Civil uh, War. Um, he, he uh, let's see, he died because his house burned down, and they wouldn't, uh, the story is that they couldn't put it out because it was in the black section, and he'd had no place huh. to go. And so he stayed in this husk of a house with his wife, and uh, it was wet and damp, and he got pneumonia. Pneumonia, and he died. And they took him to the hospital, and they wouldn't take him in because he was black. And he died, and um, he was buried in an unmarked pauper's grave somewhere in Texas. And his, his music is on this record. It's flying out of the galaxy. I mean, the solar system. It's just... Oh, the solar... Yeah. Wow. Um, Amazing stuff. <laughs> makes I, you I, proud to be an American. I love the Voyager. <laughs> yeah, well, um, at least some part of us in this great nation of ours had the decency to to find this guy and appreciate him. And and save him for all of the universe. And, you know, I forgot to mention this, but not only did he get the advantage of being an African-American growing up through that period of time, <laughs> but he was blind. And he right. he wasn't born blind. He was blinded by his stepmother. Uh-huh. His father beat her, so she went out and, and threw lye in his eyes when he was seven years old. So that he couldn't see the abuse she was taking? No, so she could get back at his father. She was pissed at the father. Oh, so she blinded the son? Yeah. Uh, See, I was thinking that if she was trying to protect the boy, that that was not a good way to do (laughs) it. But holy moly. Wow. You know, um, this is the story of the best and the worst of humanity right Mm -hmm. here. You know, uh, the the great soul of an artist surviving and achieving despite the horrible humanity of humanity. Really, it's just interesting. What a what a uh, 
terrific uh, spacecraft that was. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So on that note, I think it's time to play the music. If you can grab a circle in your hands and twist 